Every weekend, football fans around the world go to watch their team play. You can travel hundreds of miles and the results can make or break your mood. But we get to go home and see our loved ones to share the celebration or to get a bit more love when the results don't go our way. After Watford's game against West Brom, Watford fan Ray Batchelor died of a cardiac arrest and will never get to return home to his family. Ray was 81 years old and supported the club his entire life. And as a mark of respect and gratitude, there will be a minute applause at next week's home game against Everton in the 81st minute. Please join in. Now, here's this week's slightly different from the Rookery End. Hello and welcome to From the Rookery End. This is Mike and with me is Andy. Hi Andy. Yeah, hello Michael. Now we're uh, coming to you, not from our normal place, we're about a thousand miles away from where we, uh, where we usually uh, do these podcasts. Andy, do you care to explain what you can see at the moment? Yes Michael, we are stood outside the wonderful New Camp in Barcelona. The Camp New. Has Camp a... New, sorry. Yeah. Apologies. And yes, that's right. Andy and I are lucky enough to be here for uh, El Clasico. We couldn't make it to the Hawthorns. We missed out on the uh, on the away allocation, so we settled for the uh, second best and uh, hopped on the easy jet. Uh, and yeah, here we are in Barcelona. Andy, we're outside the uh, the Camp Nou. As you, as you said, what are your first impressions? It's no Vicarage Road, <laughs> but it's big. It's big. It's impressive. Um, one side of it is is it looks fairly um, bleak, to be honest, in, yeah. in terms of its. Uh, uh, sort of cating but uh, you get around the other side we've just been through the shop um, and yeah it's impressive and there's already what at 11 o'clock in the morning we're here now um, there's already a buzz about the place and it's uh, very exciting yeah we're here a full four hours before kickoff we're just about to go and get a few beers but we thought we'd come and scope the place out and yeah absolutely buzzing already there's uh, yeah loads and loads of Barcelona fans as you'd expect we're obviously uh, doing our bit to uh, look British because everyone keeps off coming up to us and offering us tickets uh, so quite in proud English. of it <laughs> in English, yeah, uh, and I suspect we will be the only ones sat in the uh, sat in the Camp Nou in uh, in four hours or so, checking the score from uh, from West Brom Watford. Andy, let's just talk a little bit about Watford. We um, stoked last week. We didn't have a chance to talk to you on the on the pod after the game last week. I was a bit I was a bit cross about things. Have you uh, have you calmed down since since last week? Um, probably only because we're here in Spain. <laughs> um, you know, I've, I was the same. I, I, it was annoying last week we didn't turn up again it was one of those days um, and it's best forgotten um, we've got another game today against West Brom potential points there I think so um, yeah we've just got to look forward and, and can't dwell on on that performance it's going to happen We're, we need to find some consistency but um, yeah let's let's look forward not back I was I was saying talking to a few people in midweek and saying that this really is Matsari's first blip in the road really it felt I don't know if I'm overplaying it a little bit but with the injuries and suspensions we've got going into the West Brom game uh, today it feels like this is his first task we had a bit of ill discipline last week which we spoke about on the pod now we've got injuries and, and suspensions it feels like he's got a bit of work to do uh, to get to get Watford ready for this one doesn't it yeah definitely I think so I think hearing about the injuries I think obviously his preferred um, three at the back might be um at risk at risk today yeah um, and he might have to change it around and, and try a new formation um, with possibly a bit of inexperience in positions as well um, moving people around but as I think I said before 
we've got the squad now where we, we should be able to cope with that and you know putting out a different formation that's going to be that's his job if he needs to do that I hope he does rather than fitting um, square pegs in round holes to yeah. be honest but yeah we'll see we'll see what happens um, but definitely uh, going to be a, a bit of a job for him today I think so there you go we're, we're just we're ready, readying ourselves to go into the what I think is pretty much um, unarguably the, the biggest uh, club game in European football but what's occupying Andy and I's mind is, uh, is who's going to play centre back for Watford against West Bromwich Albion uh, we're going to go for a beer uh, so we'll catch up with you in a bit let's say Classico a podcast made by Watford fans, fans. for Watford fans from the rookery end Andy, that noise you can hear is the uh, Real Madrid sound team being uh, being read out. Not very popular here, are they? Doesn't appear to be fair. No, I'm quite excited to see it, but everybody else around me seems uh, seems fairly uh, despondent. So we're inside the stadium. There's about uh, 15 minutes to go before kickoff. Uh, one of the most striking things about this stadium, apart from the fact it's absolutely massive, is where the away supporters are. They're up in the corner. There must be what do you reckon, Andy? About 500 or so. Something like that. Yeah. Not, certainly not very, very many of them. It's not a particularly attractive-looking caged-off area where they're uh, concealed as well. So. Let's just hope that uh, the Watford supporters are being uh, treated a little bit better at the Hawthorns today. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Hope there's not too much boing boing going on. <laughs> now the Barcelona team being read out. The mood has lifted somewhat. So yeah, there's about 10 minutes to go before kickoff here at the. Uh, Camp Nou and it is quite a sight in here unbelievable stuff very privileged to be here and uh, very excited here so uh, hoping for a good game silence amongst all the madness for uh, the uh, plane disaster that uh, took that Brazilian side very very sad but now the real game begins Andy let's have a prediction from you um, I'm not going to say it too loud but I'm going to say 2-1 to Real had a premonition but I hope Barca win I'm going for nil-nil because I'm a miserable sod but uh, here we go El Clasico they're all lined up bring it on crowd going berserk because Real Madrid have got the ball. Pretty intimidating for an away side. Oh, no. 
I say they have the ball, they're just kicking off. <laughs> there we go. Atmosphere absolutely unbelievable. Feel a little bit sorry for the Madrid fans up there. They haven't filled their allocation. Looking a bit forlorn up there. So half time here at the uh, Camp Nou and it is Barcelona nil, Real Madrid nil. Andy, what do you make of that? Well, I'd imagine it's probably not dissimilar to watching Wat Watford West Brom, to be honest, <laughs> apart from less goals. Yeah, um, word has uh, got through to us here that Watford are currently trailing 2-0 uh, at West Brom, which is obviously uh, disappointing, and I think the mood here at the uh, Camp Nou reflects that uh, terrible footballing injustice. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously great to be here, wonderful spectacle, but uh, I have to say Barcelona really struggling to, to get a foothold in the game. Yeah, I think that they've had a fair bit of possession but haven't created any chances really. Uh, Messi had a free kick which was easily saved and then um, Real sort of hitting them on the break a bit and had the better chances, bit of magic, two bits of magic probably from Ronaldo, two good saves um, from, the, from the Barca keeper. Uh, but other than that, it's been, um, there hasn't been a lot going on and like Mike says um, yeah Barca struggling to create anything and misplaced passes dreadful yeah. it is very much like Watford watching Watford in that, that respect giving the ball away too easily they're slipping over a lot things not quite clicking for uh, for Barcelona at the moment so it does beg the question Andy would anyone that we've seen down there get in the current Watford squad well <laughs> I'm gonna I'm, I'm not gonna answer that <laughs> So anyway, so half time here at the uh, at the Camp Nou, it's uh, it's nil nil. But uh, holding the fort for uh, for from the rookery end at the Hawthorns today is a uh, friend of the podcast, Tim Watlake, and he's uh, having one of his regular catch ups uh, with our Udinese correspondent uh, Paolo. So I'm going to throw across by the magic of uh, podcast and audio, going to throw across to uh, to Tim and Paolo and uh, just catch up with them and see what's going on in the world of uh, Udinese and uh, well, yeah, our Italian brothers. So Paolo, we're in uh, Birmingham Moor Street Station. It's quite Christmassy now. You know? It's very Christmassy. We're sitting, having a mulled wine. I kind of feel like we're so far away from the car crash of the match that we, we just witnessed. We should probably start off with, with today's game. How would you rank this or how would you characterise uh, a day out at West Brom? Every time we go to the stadium, it's always like a, a good feeling. Going to the stadium, even if we lose, I'm happy we score a goal so we can celebrate. <laughs> Yeah, but it's a pleasant um, day uh, outside of London, you know, it's always good to spend a bit of time with your friends, take the train early in the morning, have some beers, have some food and then go to the stadium. It's always got a pleasant feeling. Focusing on, on Udinese, which is why we're kind of, we're talking to you. Uh, it's been, probably been about a year maybe since we last spoke. I mean, interestingly, the Pozzo Empire has shrunk a little bit now that there's no longer Granada. A year on, I mean, what's happened with Udinese? Have there been any big changes at the club in the past year? Well, there have been loads of changes, I think. First of all, like uh, talking about Pozzo family and management, uh, we finished the stadium. Two weeks ago, I was able to be in Italy to watch the game at home against Nap Napoli. For me, for the first time inside a new stadium. And I can say that's really amazing and, you know, you feel like a different atmosphere. And then also a lot of things have changed because we changed the manager since last year. And also we start the season with a new manager that was uh, Giuseppe Iacchini. Basically, he's been like fired six games ago. That's what, eight games? Eight games into the season? Yeah, yeah. Probably it was like the, the eighth of, the, between the eighth and the tenth game. Well, the results were not really quite poor. That's the main problem. We won like uh, one game away against uh, AC Milan. It was quite surprising. 
but we're, the point is we're not displaying like a good football. Six matches ago we changed the manager, now we have like uh, Gigi Del Neri, quite experienced manager, yeah, spent like a lot of time in Italy. A good thing about this manager is that he's from near Udinem, so he has been able to bring together you know, the supporters with the team and the ownership. And in the last uh, couple of seasons, was, this relationship was a bit like lacking. Funny enough, like I was uh, listening to some supporters talking about uh, West Brom today, and they were saying, ah, because you know, when you are like reach a certain level, supporters want to get higher and higher. Udinese had like in the, the end of the 90s and the beginning of 2000 was doing really well, you know, qualifying for the European Cups, Champions League, etc., etc. Supporters always expect, you know, to get to see more investments and more like you know results coming in. And in the last like three seasons we've seen like probably eight managers a lot of uh, players you know a bit without motivation then it was the, like the case of Di Natale okay now Di Natale left so we lost one of our icons has been with us for like over 10 years and Di Natale I, I don't know what we were saying like in the previous seasons that had a sort of uh, let's say bad influence on the team the necessary step this year that we changed a lot of players out of all players, we lost Domizzi, we lost Pinzi. They were representing a bit like, you know, the old school of the team. And they were like the only Italian players that were on the team. So there are three former and current Watford players who are currently at Udinese. So Gabriele Angela, Marco David Faroni and Adalberto Peñaranda. As far as I'm aware, Faroni hasn't played. Uh, played like, uh, or not played for like really a few minutes. Angela uh, started like in the first team like I think once and in that game he did like a huge mistake after that game he never started in the first 11 first test not passed Peñaranda is like really promising guy at the moment he doesn't have a lot of space because of like you know choice or whatever they're playing a lot with Zapata that is like on loan from Naples and is like doing pretty well and also you mentioned like this place but we also have like uh, Sven Kums coming from Jens I was like, you know, a golden boot last season for like Belgium. And we, uh, so and uh, Watford, I believe they've signed him and they... Uh, what I know, I, I didn't read like the full story, but what I know that basically the Watford bought uh, Sven Kums for like, I think, eight uh, million pounds, nine million pounds, something like this. And then he passed it on loan to Udinese. In theory, it's going to be like one year loan. I did a bit of research about this player and it was like a pretty good player and exactly what we needed, so someone to put in front of the defense. Uh, able to get you know, the balls from the de defenders and uh, creating schemes or whatever. I was uh, online, the first interview with Mazzari, and it was like, not funny, but... Uh, in, in English? In English, yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, <laughs> thinking, okay, what's going on? And I was Im imagining someone in the back holding, like, you know, posters with stuff written and he was reading it. Do you think that he should be speaking in English, or at least pushing to learn English sooner so that he can communicate because there is a bit of a disconnect between him and the fans. Really? Uh, I'd say so. I mean, it was discussed last week. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, for example, like I was telling you with the Udinese example, you know, we now have this like uh, other coach, Italians, whatever, but they were not from Udinem, not from our area. So when you have like, you know, mainly like the 95% of your team that is not Italian, having like a coach this is from the, your area, makes a difference. Create this connection between the people and the players. I think it's important. You need to have a connection with the supporters, especially as the post family, I, I've noticed like here in England, are not present. 
I never see like interviews with the post family or Zeno post or whatever, so they're really like in the shadow in a certain way. It's important to have someone inside of the structure that speaks with the supporters, like the supporter can rely to. You have Dini that is really lucky because Dini is like your flag basically, your icon, and it's English as well. He do a good job with it. You mentioned Dini. Who would you want to go to Udinese as a, a, from from who you've seen today? From who I've seen today, I love Dini, but I'm I'm sure that he will not perform the same way as performing in Watford because it's really like attached to this like colors. So I wouldn't say I would like to take Dini because it wouldn't be the same in Udinese. El Tucumano, what's his name? Roberto Pereira. Exactly, Pereira <laughs> El Tucumano. I love him as a player, and I think he's a good player. Now he's a lot more experienced uh, than before because after going, he was in Udinese and went to Juventus. Now I did like some couple of good things. Uh. One player who obviously stood out quite a bit, perhaps for the wrong reasons, former Watford player who we knew and loved for for a time and then got a bit fed up with was Alan Neon. He was pretty feisty in some of the challenges that he he put in. A small portion of the Watford fans got on his back. Lots of West Brom fans then kind of chanted about him, which egged on the Watford fans, and there were sort of various chants being thrown every which way between the two uh, sets of fans about him. And he then, when the third goal went in, sprinted down to the end of the pitch towards the Watford fans and spat and screamed at the top of his voice, uh, cheering on his own right in front of the fans. Do you have a bit more empathy for Alan Neon? Well, to tell you the truth, like... Um should have been like a bit more quiet. Second of all, I think like you know the, all the chance between like the two um, supporters, the ultras, were not actually about him. His attitude was a bit childish. Supporters, supporters were chanting because it was sort of playing with Watford, and then uh, the guy said, "Now it's better." There was no need to do what he did. So, Udinese, fifteenth in the table at the moment. You've had yeah. a kind of mixed run of results. What are your hopes? and dreams for the future and how do you feel the relationship is between Watford and Udinese? Does it feel more withdrawn now than it did a year ago? From where we're coming from, you know, like in the beginning like Udinese was like passing a lot of players to Watford, etc, etc. Now Watford like uh, reached the Premier League, is quite stable. Now I think like the bigger team as a budget or whatever is Watford. So at the end I don't think like they're giving like an advantage in one team taking um, away from the other one. They're always trying to find like a balance and to grow both of the teams. What about Udinese future? You've got this nice revamped stadium, it looks pretty good, lots of funny coloured seats. What I would like to see, like to find sort of continuity and start building something. I'm a bit tired. I think for all like Udinese support has been like really four difficult years, the last one, because uh, we changed a lot of managers, uh, with moving players around, so it's time for us to start building again from like some solid basis. Fair enough. We've been to catch our train, I think. So, uh, great speaking to you. And uh, let's get out of Birmingham. Yeah, let's go. A podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans. This is from the Rookery End. Uh, so is what I know. Barcelona 1, Real Madrid 0. Let, let the downpour begin. <laughs> the game has sparked alive a familiar name for us English football supporters, Luis Suarez. It's Barcelona 1, Real Madrid 0. Barcelona!
huge ovation for uh, Iniesta who's just come on as substitute. 15 minutes gone. Is he going to see see at home for Barcelona, Andy? I think he could, uh, yeah, could make a bit of a difference. Certainly a big favourite here, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Crowd are very excited to see him. As a win. So it's finished here at the uh, Camp Nou one all. Andy, fair result? Um, yeah, probably. I think in the end, I think um, Real had the better chances in the first half. Barca came back, came into it, got the early-ish goal in the second half, and well, actually looked quite comfortable for the for the, for the main part until the last five ten minutes. Um, but yeah, fair as well. Good game. Enjoyed it thoroughly. Disappointment then, really, for the uh, for the home fans here at the uh, Camp Nou, and uh, and disappointment again, Andy, for for Watford. News has filtered through. We thought halfway through the the second half here, the word came through that Cabaselli had got uh, got Watford back into it. But then the next thing we saw on the updates here was that um, Pereira had been sent off. And we spoke last week on the pod about about ill discipline. We had a quick look on Twitter, and from what I can gather, it was might have been six of one and half a dozen of another with uh, with this sending off. But it's starting to be a bit of an issue for us now, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think it's um, we're, get, we're getting ourselves a reputation. People, it feels like people are looking out for us. Uh, you know, referees go, oh well, this is Watford. We better watch out for them and uh, their petulance and all this. And um, yeah, it's frustrating, really frustrating. Double disappointment, obviously, with Rail getting the last last minute equaliser here. Watford losing three one away at West Brom, which really got to feel we've got to be getting something out of, if I'm honest. Um, Yes, okay, they're in good form, but you know, another sending off. It's another suspension. We've got plenty of injuries at the moment, and it just uh, leaves me very frustrated. I've got to be honest. You said you, as we saw the the result come in, Andy. You said you think that that we're going to struggle now. You think we're going to be down there. We were talking about about the Leicester result. They they lost again today, and we, I said, well, they're in they're in trouble. And you you suggested that we're going to be too. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think the only thing that, uh, the feeling at the moment is that you know we could lose three, four on the bounce and you know talk about Pardew at Palace and he's meant to be going they've had a good 3-0 win uh, today but we, we're going to get sucked into it I think at the moment say the thing that's keeping us up there is things like Swansea losing 5-0 to Tottenham um, and you know Leicester having a bad run Hull not being able to pick up many points etc etc but we need to be winning or getting points from games like Stoke at home and West Brom away if we're going to sustain our position, yeah, it's, I mean it's difficult. Obviously, we're in uh, we're in Barcelona. We didn't make it to the Hawthorne today, so it's di- difficult to be too critical of the poor performance. But uh, and I think uh, you may maybe being a bit punchy, saying that we need to be winning games or getting something away at West Brom when they've been doing pretty well. We saw what they did to to a lackluster Burnley, and they've they've had some good good results recently. So it's always going to be a, a tricky game. But it feels to me like this is really when Matsari's got some some serious. We said before the before the game, it feels like he's got some work to do. To, to turn this what it feels like a mini slump because the nature of the the result against Stoke and we'll have to we'll have to take stock and find out exactly what happened at, at West Brom today but it feels like he's got some real work to do to to turn around the the sort of the supporters like you know you can tell by the way you're talking that we're feeling a bit glum about 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 Watford's performance um, but also the players as well if it sounds like they've got drawn into another little melee and perhaps something that they could have walked away from or uh, and they haven't done it and we're down to 10 men and we've got one of our most creative players suspended for, for what looks like will be three games now. So there's a real opportunity for Matt Sorry to prove his worth. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be difficult because, you know, quite interesting being so far removed from, from the game today and just literally picking up bits and pieces. But, you know, from an from a almost outsider's point of view, looking at it and how it's, how it's gone today, you think, oh, same old Watford, another player sent off, top of the, dis the discipline league. Or bottom. Or, or bottom, whichever way you look at it. Um, and, and, and we've lost 3-1. Whatever way you look at it. And with the having seen the Stoke game and with that being such a poor performance you can't imagine that there was anything other, other than that yeah. um, from a distance I may be wrong looks like we had a bit of possession but I don't know whether we had many chances when we were unlucky whether Pereira's sending off was, was unlucky but from here it looks pretty pretty grim and it's uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really frustrated at the moment. Yeah, disappointing. But as we we stand here in the uh, in the top deck of the uh, the Camp Nou, watching it watching it disappear, we've um, we've ticked one off the bucket list here today, haven't we, Andy? How how do you explain ex uh, describe your El Clasico experience? Oh, it's been brilliant, absolutely fantastic. Can't beat it. Can't beat coming to a massive stadium like this, watching the players that we've seen play today. Atmosphere great. It's been a really good really good day actually as well as um, a really good game and really good footballing experience yep echo that been an absolute privilege to be here at uh, at the Camp Nou but so it's finished here uh, Barcelona won Real Madrid won their, their fans their little band of fans in the top right well top corner uh, really is incredible the, uh, the the little amount of space they've got up there but uh, I'm sure most of you have seen it on the TV they were the ones that are making the noise at the end there um, and yeah it, uh, it emptied, pre emptied pretty quickly but yeah finished one all here and uh, one three at the Hawthorns so I guess a, a couple of disappointing results let's see what Watford can do to turn it around we'll be back next week Everton at home we've got to uh, we've got to get a performance we're gonna to have to uh, well, let's just wait and see. This is Watford. They've surprised us before. I think we probably will perform better against a side like Everton, yeah. if I'm honest. And I think it almost suits us better, like like Manu, like you know, when we've played well, it's been against the the you know dare I say better teams. And yeah. I think Everton will be looking to play football. I think we'll be able to do it. But obviously then without Pereira. Yep, indeed. So challenges ahead for Watford. We knew it wasn't going to be easy. We knew that perhaps we were slightly in a false position when we were up there in eighth because uh, the performances hadn't been great. We got the results and we know that it's a results game, but well, I think most of us... Yeah, it can. Most of us knew deep down that there was going to be... that we weren't perhaps performing as well as, as we might hope. So let's hope for a... Uh, uh, a, 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 a improved performance but more and more importantly an improved result against Everton next week if we've got another chance to do it quickly um, so yes we'll be there we'll be uh, podcasting again so make sure you get in touch uh, on Twitter we love hearing from you guys at Watford Podcast or Facebook um, for facebook.com forward slash uh, Watford Podcast or get, uh, go online from the rookeryend.com Instagram uh, Watford Podcast follow us you know, the, you know the drill get in touch let us know what you think is going wrong Andy and I are off for a beer and uh, see what Barcelona's got to offer. Uh, this has been from the Rookery End, from the Camp Nou. Come on, you Hornets, and uh, Forza Barcelona. Forza Barcelona? That doesn't work. You know what I mean. Come on, you Hornets. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans, from the Rookery End.